Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Mishnah Torah. Today we conclude the laws of Hilchais Matnas Aniyim, the laws of gifts to the poor. These included <clears throat> the agricultural gifts to the poor, and we conclude with general charity laws. And as I pointed out in the introduction to the earlier chapter, this is one of the more studied chapters of Rambam, one of the most popular chapters of Rambam as it deals with the very basics of charity giving. Pedakasiri, chapter 10, Aleph, paragraph 1. We should be more meticulously observant in the commandment of charity more than in any other positive commandment. Because the mitzvah of charity, Simon, is an identifying sign for a righteous person. Because when we are charitable, it shows that we are Zera Avraham Avinu, descendants of our patriarch Abraham. And when a person is not charity, charitable, you say, I don't know, I've got to look into his uh, DNA. Something is strange. Because if he's Abraham's descendant, he has to be naturally charitable. Shenemar, as it says, Kiyadativ Hashem, God Almighty said about Abraham, I know him, I trust him, I recognize him, Laman, in order that, in other words, I've chosen him, in order that, that he will command and transmit this tradition to the next generation, Laseh Tzedakah. So the Rambam takes excerpts out of that verse and says that God chose Abraham because of his nature of charitableness. And the throne, so to speak, of Israel does not become solidified. And the true teachings of Judaism do not stand firm, except for the act of charity. With charity, you shall establish me and make me firm. Israel is only redeemed through charity. As the verse says, Zion shall be redeemed through justice. Our sages say justice is Torah, and its captives, with charity. So we have the foundations of Torah and charity. So now he says in Beis Le'elam Ein Odom Me'ani A person has never become poor from giving charity. There's a famous book about fundraising. He says, no one ever did not build his swimming pool because he gave charity. Nothing bad and no harm ever comes to a person because he gave tzedakah. <laughs> As it says, And the deed of charity shall be complete. 
peaceful, which means that charity brings completeness and peacefulness. Kol ha-merachim, anybody who has compassion, merachim olov, Hashem has compassion upon him. Shenemer, as it says, v'nosan l'chorachamim, and he will give you compassion, v'nichamcha, and he will be compassionate to you, v'hirbecha, and he will cause you to multiply. V'chol mishuhu achzori, and anyone who is cruel, v'eina merachim has no compassion, yeshlochus liachsa, you should check his lineage, to make sure that there's no alien entry there into his lineage. She'ein ha'achzorius mitsuya, because we only find cruelty and sadism, in idolatrous cultures. Within the Jewish lineage, we don't find cruelty. Jews are naturally compassionate, and if not, there may be a problem there. Shenemar, as it says, Achzori Hema, they are cruel, Velayerachmo, they have no compassion. Bechol Yisrael, Vahanibla, Nilvaleim, and all of Israel, and all those who accompany him, Kachim Hema, they're like children. As it says in the famous, I believe it's a, a teaching in the Hayom Yom, that when it comes to Ahavat Yisrael, when it comes to expressing love to a fellow Jew, it has to be on the one hand, to a Jew we've never seen in our lives, somewhere on the other side of the world. We know there's a need, boom, we respond. On the other hand, it has to be to the person in your own community, the guy sitting across you that you can't stand, he also has to have, to him we also have to have Avos Yisrael. So to the person on the other side of the world that we don't know, and on the other side of the room that we have issues with. So that, that is why, because we're brothers. Brothers have issues, but they get along. Shenemar, as it says, You are children to Hashem, your God. If one brother will not have compassion upon the other brother, even though he has issues, who will have compassion? To whom shall the poor of Israel lift up their eyes? Should the poor of Israel lift up their eyes to the idolatrous nations? who despise us, and who pursue the Jewish people, their eyes are only counting on their fellow brothers and sisters. And as the old saying goes, even though we've learned here repeatedly, that a Jew has to give charity both to the Jewish people, as well as to the poor of the nations of the world at large, we learned that again and again. But as it relates to the needs of Jewish charities, if Jews will not be compassionate for Jewish needs, who will? We certainly cannot rely on the idolatrous nations who have historically oppressed us. Anyone who closes his eyes and makes believe he doesn't see the charitable need this guy is called a bad guy, a rebellious guy. As the Torah refers to idolatrous people as rebellious. Remember that the prohibition of idolatry applies to both Jews and non-Jews. It's one of the seven Noahide laws. With regard to the 
practice of idol worship, the Torah says, Yotzu Anoshim B'nei some rebellious people went out to campaign for idol worship, and when one conceals one's eyes from the needs of charity, <laughs> it says, be careful, lest there be a rebellious notion with you in your heart. Somebody who closes his eyes to the needs of charity is referred to as wicked. As it says, and the compassion of the wicked is cruelty. He's called sinning. He's called a sinner. The mercies of the wicked are cruel. He's called a sinner. That the poor man will call out against you to God. And God will consider it as a transgression to you. God is close to the cries of the poor. You will hear the cries of the poor. Therefore, we have to be very sensitive to the cries of the poor. Because there's a covenant that Hashem established with the poor. And this is a verse in Chumash. It will come to pass. When he, the poor man, cries out to me, Vishamati, I will hear him, Kichanun Oni, because I am compassionate. Dalid, call Hanay Saint Sudaka. Anyone who gives charity, Laoni, to a poor man, Besever Ponim Royce, but his face is not with a smile. Kushus Pekarka, his eyes are looking down to the ground. He's not giving it warmly. Even if he gave the poor man a thousand pieces of gold, he lost his merit and does not have it. Charity should be given with a smile, with joy. A person should sympathize with the poor man for his challenges. As it says, If I didn't cry for the difficulties of this day, of this day, if I don't suffer with the challenges of the poor man, then my soul feels sorrow for the destitute, which means we have to feel for the challenges of the poor man. We should speak with him, words of compassion, and comfort and consolation. As it says, I will bring joy to a widow's heart. Which is very nice if we have the funds to give. But what if the poor man asked money of you? You have nothing to give him. Then at least comfort him with words. Yosir, it is forbidden Liga to shout Ba'oni at a poor man, or to lift one's voice all of screaming, because his heart is already broken and humbled. as it says, a humbled and broken heart, God will never despise. God will not scorn. Well, the haches leiv nitkoyim 
to sustain the spirit of the lowly, to vitalize the hearts of the broken, of the, of the humble. Woe is to one who embarrassed the poor. Woe is to him. Should be to him like a father with compassion and with words. As it says, I, God, am a father to the poor. If somebody compels others to give charity and motivates them, this is called someone who raises funds from others. There's the charity giver, and then there's the fundraiser. In a sense, his reward is even greater than somebody who gives. And in simple terms, the wealthiest person can only give so much, but there's no limit to how much you can raise. Shenamar, as it says, the deed of charity shall be complete. To somebody who's undertaken this mitzvah of charity, or similar, it says, those who bring merit to the many are like the stars. Now comes the famous teaching of the Rambam, which is quoted again and again. There are eight levels in charity giving, one higher than the other. <coughs> when it comes to sustaining the poor, in addition to all of the other charitable obligations that people have in building infrastructure and establishing shuls and schools and mikvahs and Jewish institutions. Here we're talking about specifically supporting the poor. The greatest level of all is someone who supports and who strengthens the hand of a Jew who became poor. And he gives him a gift or a loan. Or enters into a partnership with him. A mom or finds him a job. In order to strengthen his hand, he should not have to ask others for assistance. This is somebody we just found out about. He lost his job. He lost his income. So we give him something. We lend him something. We help him find the job. We do something so he not slip further. Regarding this act of charity, it says, You shall strengthen him, ger, a stranger, and a settler. He will live with you. Strengthen him, he shouldn't fall. Prevent him from falling. And he will need. We know in general that when somebody falls, it's a lot more difficult to pick him up than it is to stop him from falling to begin with. Ches, pachas mizeh, less than this. Hanei saints dakalaniyim, when one gives charity to the poor. V'layada leminosan, he doesn't even know which poor he gave to. V'layada haonimim milokach, and the poor does not know from whom he took. These are the people, for example, who set up charity funds and put them in a synagogue where poor people come, so the poor don't know whose money they're getting. And the, the originator of the fund doesn't know who's getting his money. Because this is truly a mitzvah, 
without any self-serving accolades, because nobody thanks him, and he's not praised by anyone. This is reminiscent of the secret chamber of charity where people would throw money into this office in the Holy Temple. And we learned about this, <coughs> and we will learn about it. The and righteous poor people, Mispanis and Mimeno, would quietly, confidentially be sustained from this fund, Bachashoi, quietly. Without fanfare, the next level is Hanais and the Sechkupa Shotzdoka, somebody who contributes to a charity fund. However, here there's a problem. A person should not contribute to a charity fund where he thinks he's supporting the poor or he thinks he's supporting the Jewish poor. Unless he knows that the one in charge is trustworthy, the Chachaman is wise, he knows how to direct things properly, as Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyan. The Gemara in Abel gives an example of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradyan's <coughs> faithfulness. He was collecting both for the ordinary charity fund and for the special charity fund. For Purim, and the monies from the two collections became mixed together to make sure that the poor were not shortchanged. He compensated for any possible discrepancy from his own funds. So that is the level of honesty of the charity collector. Tes pachas a lower level than this. the donor knows who he's giving to. But the poor man doesn't know from whom he got. Again, for example, the great sages, who would go surreptitiously, quietly, and would cast funds in the doors of the poor, the doorways of the poor people. So the poor people woke up, they saw there was money, but they had no idea who it came from. And this is a good thing. It's a good level of charity. It's an especially important level of charity if the people who run the funds are not 100% honest. Then you make sure at least that it gets to the recipient. Less than this. That the poor man knows from whom he took. But the donor doesn't know. Again, for example, the Talmud tells stories of great sages. They used to take coins, they used to take funds, and bundle them in their garb, and throw it behind them. So the poor people would come and extend their hand behind the guy into the pocket and take money. So the poor people do not have the rich people look at them, the donors look at them. That a person should give charity before the recipient asks for it. Because the asking is a humbling experience. You'd base pachas mizel less than this. A lower level, but still a very good level. That he should be responsive and give it to him after he asks. 
Pachas Mizel, less than this sheet, and Pachas Minarai, that the guy asks him for so much and so much money he doesn't have, he gives him less, or less than he should. But Pesaber, pardon me, office, but that is given with a smile. <clears throat> I'm just going to have a little more tea here. Pachas Mizel, another level of charity, albeit lower than the one before, he should give him without a smile, or at least he gives. Tesva 15, the great scholars, would seek out a poor man before every prayer, and only after would pray, and from here has evolved the custom where we put money in a charity box, especially in an organizational charity box who also supports the poor. Shanaman, as it says, Ani betzedek I with righteousness will gaze at your countenance. You come to gaze at God's countenance, first you have to give tzedakah. And in general, even before you come to shul, it's a good idea to give charity in the charity box in your house after you say the blessings in the morning. Tezayin. <coughs> now, we come to certain laws in the last few paragraphs explaining which acts of charity are also included in charitable deeds. Hanes and Mizanis. If somebody gives sustenance, to his grown children, we don't owe our grown children a living. As a rabbi, I get certain questions that come to me. And this is one of the more popular questions where children have parents who have money and the parents are not letting it flow like the children would want. So they're angry. So I take out uh, this halacha and I say, listen, once you're grown up, your parents don't know you are living. Parents have to support little children. Once children grow up and become adults... It's a privilege for parents to support children if they want to. It's even called charity. You can't call it charity and have it be an obligation from a parent to child, because then it's not charity. So, when parents give money to their grown children, their children that they're not obligated to support, why would they do that? Because they want their sons to study Torah, so they helped them support their families. They want their daughters to grow up and go in an upright way, and not act inappropriately. <coughs> this is called charity. And so also, somebody who supports his father and mother, we're not obligated to support our father and mother, we're obligated to honor our father and mother. But to send them a check every week? No. This is also this is also incorporated in the category of charity. It's not only okay charity, but it's a wonderful charity. It's a great charity. Because lest we think that relatives are not charity, it's great charity. Because we learned this earlier by Jewish law, Relatives takes precedent, take precedence. Now, it doesn't mean that your relatives should be your only charity. 
But relatives are charity. And anyone who feeds and <coughs> gives food and drink to the poor and to orphans on his table, Hareza Kerial Hashem, he calls out to God, and God answers him. And he delights, he will answer, or then you will, you will call out and God will answer. So therefore, having poor orphans at the table, at our tables, is a good thing. Yud Zayin, Tzibu Chachamim, our sages, commanded, that the employees in a person's house should preferably be Jewish poor, orphans, in the place of servants. If possible, it's better that he utilize these people, even though they are fellow Jews, and he feels uncomfortable. But at least let the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob benefit from his blessings. Why give it to the descendants of Ham, the cursed son of, she- of, of Noah? Because someone who has a lot of servants brings sin and transgression into this world. But if Moral Jewish poor are those who run one's household. With every passing hour, he adds merit, he adds mitzvahs. So therefore, this is another suggestion that the Rambam gives. Now the Rambam closes his laws of charity by telling us how careful and how cautious one needs to be not to make oneself a burden to charity. A person should always push hard. And suffer torment. And not need the kindness of God's creations. And not put oneself as a burden to the community. This is a famous teaching of our sages. They said, Better your Shabbat should be a weekday experience without all the fancy foods. And you not need the kindness and charity of the poor, which means even though it's a mitzvah to give the poor, it's not a great mitzvah for the poor to take. Even if somebody was a scholar, even if somebody was an honored person, and he lost money, better he should learn a trade. Even a trade where you've got to get your hands dirty. And not need to come on to the kindness of human beings. Mutav, it's best. Better <laughs> to skin the hide of animal carcasses, which is a very dirty profession, smelly. Rather than to say to the people, I am a great scholar, I am a Kohen, Parsuni, support me. 
And with this in mind, our sages commanded that and taught us that the greatest of sages, I'm sorry, and this is the command and the instruction that our sages gave us that we should make an honest living rather than become charity recipients. And with this, our sages commanded and said, I'm sorry, now he goes into a narrative. Amongst our greatest sages, <coughs> there were wood woodchoppers, which is not a very glorified profession, and people who carried beams, they slept big beams, and water carriers, laganes to gardens, and people who worked with iron smelters, and makers of charcoal. These are all very difficult professions where you get your hands dirty. And yet, they didn't ask the community for charity. And even when they gave them, they refused it. You test the closing paragraph. Anyone who does not need to take. And fools the people. And takes. Will not die of old age until he will need the help from people. And he's included in the statement in the verse, Cursed be the man who has confidence within man because he leans on men but doesn't need it. On the other hand, if somebody needs to take and can't live Unless he accepts charity. Again, for example, Zokin, someone who's old, a chaler, somebody who's ill, a balyasunim, or someone who's afflicted. And is stubborn and stiff necked and doesn't take. This can be compared to someone who sheds blood. He should take. He's guilty for his own loss of life. And all the suffering that he experiences when in fact he should be a recipient of charity. What does he acquire for all this suffering? Sin and transgression. However, on the other hand, even someone who merits charity, and suffered and pushed another day and lived life of suffering. Not to pressure the community. He will not die of old age. Until he'll support others from his wealth. We all love and upon him. And others. It says, Blessed be man who trusts in Hashem. And here the Rambam ends, as he always does, Blessed be Hashem, the merciful one, who grants us assistance. And this is the completion of the laws of gifts to the poor.